You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Woo-hoo! Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks, we are back. Can you believe it, folks? We have another twofer for you, and this time we're bringing you The Boys Season 3. And we are then looking at Westworld Season 4. And we're doing reviews of both. And I don't think, you know, the two hours we have aligned for this is even going to be enough time to even scratch the surface on these. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a great crew to talk all about it. And Mr. Mike, you know, are you ready to play another doubleheader this week? Oh, man, these things are wearing me out. Howdy. Not too worn out to uh, to do howdy, though. I was worried there. Were we going to get a howdy or not from you? It's always, it's always never, stressful never with that part. To do a howdy. Well, it's going to be very interesting to do. We got some great things to talk about. And, you know, this is just like the prelude to Dragon Con. We'll be talking pretty much all day. So, you know, this is just getting us warmed up. It's like how some people tell you, you know, if you want to get ready for Dragon Con and, you know, to get on a treadmill to walk and because it's all the walking between the hotels. Here, we don't have to walk anywhere. You just have to listen to us talk. It's almost like it being your personal panels for you. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Good practice. It, it is good practice. And you know what? We have two great two topics. And you know what? I'll be very curious to see where we go with it, what how what things we find out, if we'll be finding out new things or if we'll be bringing back some of our favorites. And, you know, will these series continue? I know Boys is supposed to, but Westworld, that's a question. We'll find out what everyone thinks in this one. And think, talking about finding out what people think, please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Did you guys like the series that we're going to be talking about tonight or did you not? You know, I'll be very curious to see because I know on Amazon, they don't really give out a ton of ratings. And I know HBO does. And, you know, I know Westworld didn't do so hot this season. So it'll be very interesting to see where we go with it and everything. But definitely send us feedback. We definitely would love to hear from you. It's just great to hear from everybody anyway, especially with Dragon Con right around the corner. And if you have a chance, of course, please, you know, subscribe to our show and of course leave us feedback we definitely would appreciate it and of course another appreciation that we'd love to hear from is our friends at tifosi optical tifosi optical has amazing sunglasses they also have exercise glasses they have biking glasses they have safety goggles they have you know face shields it's just amazing and of course they're known for their sunglasses and you know what you could check it all out i know they have different sales running and everything and you could find some pretty good deals right now especially with you know labor day right around the corner god i can't believe i'm saying that labor day is right around the corner at this point but definitely um if you want to save a little bit of money on it, you know, definitely put a coupon code in. You could do Earth Station One. That's right, folks. Earth Station One will give you ten percent off. Please, you know, definitely check it out. 
And all you have to do is go to DefoseOptics.com. So, let me say it again, Cam. I may be a superhero, but I'm also just a man who fell in love with the wrong woman. Just a man who fell for the wrong woman. Uh, fell for the wrong uh, woman. But out of out crisis of, comes uh, change. Crisis. Out of crisis so, comes change. Uh, so I spent my really slowing down, down and reconnecting with myself. And I am very excited for everyone to meet the real me. There's something wrong with Homelander. <laughs> something broken he's lost his mind love mommy daddy and hey, yo. we've been on the straight and narrow all year no killing soups no drinking even follow hugh campbell's orders without strangling him now you're just being cruel. Or maybe you're not such an asshole. People have superpowers. But real power isn't this. It's the ability to bend the world to your will. The gloves are off. I thought we could fight God the right way, but we can't. It's all rigged. We have to do it your way. We're all we've got. It's up to us. I think I have something. Maybe we can use it to blow Homelander's brains out. What's this? Makes you a soup for 24 hours. You're going to need it. The whole point of what we do is that no one should have that kind of power. For once, I'll live and play field. I show people the real me. <laughs> I fucking mean, love me. By the heroes and Soldier boy. All right, folks, now let's get our capes on, ready to go to hero gasm, and let's go have a little bit more fun with the boys, season three. Take it away, Mikey. Yes, and we've got our boys uh, back to uh, the boy. The boys are back to talk all about season three, like they were for season two. We have Chip with us. Welcome back, sir. How are we doing? I would just like to say I called it. I said at the end of season two that it was going to be Mother's Milk Story. Called it. All right. All right. All right. And, uh, <laughs> and we also have Matthew back with us. Matthew, welcome back, sir. Well, welcome. Uh, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I can't believe you've had me back three times now. Three times. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, but you have to realize it's you, only to talk about the boys, you know, nothing else. It's only that's the only thing I'm good for, obviously. So, um, uh, as uh, Chip hinted, we will be spoiling season three. So, if you haven't season three seen season three, stop it, go watch it, and then resume the podcast and enjoy the discussion. Um, oh. We got a season three, much to no one's surprise, because hey. It's already been signed up for season four. So <laughs> you got to have me back keeps... one more time. Shocker. 
this this sheep's the ship uh the show the sheep? Still what, keeps what are you going. thinking about I know. <laughs> were you thinking about hero chasm already I, yeah i was gonna say just watch the game. How, how can how can anybody not think about hero gasm now um all right we're gonna start with you matthew um what were your expectations going in and uh overall what did you think of the season um I didn't have a lot of expectations. I didn't know where they were going. I'd never read a single page of the comic, so I had no idea. Um, I just knew, obviously, Homelander and the boys were going to do some stuff, and I obviously read up on, like, the little little, little tidbits that we got fed before the season. We'd get Hero-gasm. That was the big thing. That was the big publicity thing. Hey, guys, we are doing Hero-gasm. And I kind of looked up what Hero-gasm was, so it kind of got me interested, um, but obviously... I didn't care what my expectations were. I just wanted more boys, and I got more boys. I got more boys than I can handle, actually, uh, <laughs> this season. Overall positive? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. it just gets better. This is one of those shows that seems to gotten its stride from almost beat one, and it's just gotten better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chip, what about you? I mean, I'm gonna echo with Matthew. I feel like there, I wasn't really going in with like big expectations of things I wanted to see. As soon as I heard about Hero Gasm, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fun!" Like I was like, "That's gonna be entertaining." But yeah, I'm I'm just really glad that they've got this show. I feel like they've have they're having a lot of fun with it, and I feel like Prime's doing the smart thing is basically just let them off a leash to go. You go have fun and do this insanity, and then we'll see what we get. The uh, now uh, correct me if I'm. Have, have you read the comic as well? Um, not in a long, long time. I can remember a little bit from like the first issue. I will admit to having to do some wiki dives before the season starts, so that I have a rough memory of what happened in the comic. Because I, I kind of like to go in with that. For me, it's kind of entertaining to see what right. they change. Because I, I wonder now if we are veering off from the comic, or we're still pretty close. Um, we did a, we did, yeah, you can, I can see Mike on camera and I agree. We did a pretty big veer with the end of the season. So this is your official last chance. Spoiler warning. If you hear this, this is a big spoiler at the end with black noir death. That's a huge shift from the comics. Cause he was the big arc villain at the end of the season series. Oh, so the fact okay, that they've you. already, yeah, long, really weird, complicated story. He was a clone of Homelander. He yep. was the big villain. So they've, they've killed literally killed that plot thread well basically in the comics black noir was the one thing that could stop homelander because homelander literally went off the deep end even more than he did in, so far in the series <laughs> and that's you know anthony Starr <laughs> should be get a you know emmy just for the looks on his face this whole season yeah i i don't think i don't think anthony Starr gets enough credit i mean no, he, his his depiction of homelander is just so engaging whenever he's on the screen you can't take your eyes off him he's he's a magnet he's um and he's terrible he's a terrible person he's a terrible human he's a terrible hero he's a terrible everything and and yet you cannot you cannot take your eyes well, off. Well, let's be clear. He's so compelling. Homelander's the terrible one. Anthony yeah. Starr is a national treasure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. We're being very clear about this. He does a yeah. great job of making – Of he's also very good, I think, at when he switches on the charm. Like he's yes. very good at – when he's in front of the camera, you see that switch go, which is what makes that speech in like the second episode where he just 
unleashes and does that big speech about how I'm so much better than you all. Why do you, because he's very good at having that camera face, and I think he does a very good play. He brings a huge sense of menace to the character. Oh, that, yeah. without a doubt, and, and that, and that is, and that that menace is what he's switching on and off. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. He he walks that line just up to the point of camp, but mm-hmm. he's got that menace. You're right to add it to him that just makes it. The character and the acting job is just outstanding. Oh, I, I, I think it really so. is the center part of this this series. If it's not for Homelander or Anthony Starr, I don't know that this series is half as good as it, as it is. And that other half um, is, of course, Billy Butcher. Yeah. Which you know, but since the since, since the uh, you know since the whole point of the the show is to try to kill Homelander, then it's like, what would happen if that did happen? God, would this show like? stink or what i don't know but we won't have to hopefully we'll worry never about that have to find time. that out you know <laughs> yeah. uh That's or the show or that'll be the end of the show right, right. Yeah. Dead, yeah. end of the i show. don't know um, how many seasons it's really got before they really just have to kind of do the big fight at the end i, and I, uh, I think they got five i think they just like most modern television mm-hmm. shows they got five in them they got five in the yeah game. it is yeah, starting I'm, to I'm, it, it, it is starting to get a little repetitive like oh we just have to you know we have to face Helmlander again, we want to kill him, and then you get to that point, you almost do, and then it doesn't work out, and it's like, how many times can we reset that? Can we well, do it one more time? I guess we'll find out. But, uh, Mike, um, real quick, like, what were your thoughts going in, and uh, well, and overall, did you enjoy it? Oh, I have hugely enjoyed it. I had no idea what was coming next, because literally, they threw out the comic. You know, basically, they left the comic probably a season and a half ago. And they picked, you know, they were cherry picking ideas from it, you know, Stormfront. And, well, they made Stormfront a female. Um, but the whole thing with Stormfront, with, um, the child, with, you know, everything, all the different characters they were bringing in, the character of who at, until the beginning of the se- season, we didn't know was the, you know, the government official who was popping people's heads off, basically, you yep. know, and it was, it was really, really awesome because you actually had Huey, you know, qu- you know, quit the boys and work, go to work for the government. And, you know, and, you know, they started off with a bang, literally, with the uh, penis scene This at the beginning of the <laughs> season. <laughs> Man, right off the bat, it lets you know, like, oh, yeah, you're watching the boys. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> my friends were talking about this, and they were like, oh, it's the this thing. And I'm like, uh, you need to rewatch a scene. He's not going in where you think he's going. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to admit a metric uh, Jim Belushi of cocaine has to go down as one of my favorite lines of television ever. Oh, it yeah. was, it was, like it was so frippin' awesome. But yeah, and it was interesting <laughs> it was too lines. because they were in, they were introducing also Soldier Boy. And Soldier yep. Boy was a very minor character in the comic. And it was nothing like he was in the series this season. And same thing with yeah, Hero Gap. Yeah, exactly. He right. literally was you know, the Steve Rogers of the boys and, yep. you know, but Steve Rogers, if he didn't have a moral compass, basically. Yep. And that's what you got for soldier boy, but that's what you get with most of the heroes in this series. Yeah. yeah well, the boys is a pastiche, right? It's a pastiche of all of the great Marvel and DC superheroes. That's supposed to be the point. That's why we all can go, Oh, that's Superman. That's 
Captain America. We know what they are representing, but they have no – they're just people. They're oh, just right. people with stupid amounts of power that they shouldn't have. Right. Well, exactly. Did, sorry. No, go ahead. Like I said, I really like the change of Cap because they uh, – was it Miller? Mark Miller? Uh, who are boys? Help me out. I'm yeah. having a brain yes. fart. No, you're good. He, he has a famous hatred for Captain America, and I like that they didn't just reduce him to the – you know, getting his butt kicked in the corner. Well, sorry, yeah. I do have to correct you. It is it is Garth Ennis, by the way. Garth oh, and, sorry, and, Garth and, but, but but it, but it's you're 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 excused because both Mark Millar and Garth Ennis have have uh, have expressed many many times that they hate superheroes in general, and yet they've, <laughs> written, they've written them. But this is this is Garth's kind of like outlet. Like he's like, you want me to write superheroes? This is how I write superheroes. Yep. And and um and there is that element to it. Yes. It was interesting, too, because, you know, the whole thing with Herogasm in this, it was just like a big house party where yeah. in, where in the comic books, basically, Herogasm was on this an island each year because they made up some excuse that there was some cosmic adventure that all these superheroes in the planet had to go fight somebody at the edge of the solar system each year or something, you know, the, yep. another, another villain, like a star of the conqueror type thing. And instead they were going to get their nuts rocked off basically. On yeah, this island. It was a, it's a giant superhero or orgy. That's what it is. It's yeah, an orgy. It is. Yeah. And, and it's, I've never seen a comic book like this other than at the adult bookstores and stuff. And it was just like, <laughs> and when they said they were doing hero gasm, I was like, how the hell are they going to do it? And they did it. They did it. They did very well, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I will admit, I love the mother's milk bit in that episode most of all. Oh, oh my god! Every five <laughs> seconds, he had to like take his shirt off. I applaud that man's ability to clean up because he got he was he was he Covered. was drenched head to toe, <laughs> and then he came out of the bathroom and he was fine. Wow, like packing handy wipes in his back pocket. That, that's, that's 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 his superpower. His yeah. um, <laughs> he can clean himself really well. Um, all right, so um, just real quick, I I didn't know what to expect. I knew that we were getting Soldier Boy, um, and Jensen Eccles was added to the cast in that way. I I had heard that we were getting Hero Gasm, but I really had no idea what that was. I kind of. I could imagine what that was. And, uh, and, uh, I was not disappointed, um, in my imaginings. Um, but, uh, that's all I knew. And I do think that, uh, you know, I think that the addition of Soldier Boy was key to this season. It, it helped it not be repetitive mm-hmm. from previous seasons. Like, hey, it's, it's Butcher and his boys against Homelander and the crew and Starlight caught in the middle and et cetera, et cetera. And, and some other characters like A Train and the Deep or, and you're kind of wondering if they're just kind of, you know, just spinning their wheels a little bit. But, um, but the addition of Soldier Boy as, uh, as the, weapon uh or father or question mark what was going to happen with him to me really made the series and and i think you know mike if you said he was a minor character in the comics i think it was a great move to make him like the focal point of this season oh extremely so and the the introduction of him being able to wipe out people's powers to burn yes. that's an interesting uh, it, twist yes. that's a very interesting twist 
I wasn't expecting that. And, you know, especially, you know, on some of the characters that he did hit. And it was it was pretty awesome to see. So that's interesting because basically this season what we had was we the band's got to break up so it can come back together stronger. That's That's the point. We need to break and we fracture everyone up, but we also need to judge every like everyone needs to deal with their demons. And Kimiko dealt with her demons. Frenchie dealt with her his demons because if you notice, they were off on their own plot. They were a solid B plot that would just yeah. weren't involved in with the main stuff. But that was but their the main point of that was to break off and make it to where because Frenchie's kind of an interesting soul of the group. Mother Smoke is a moral compass, whereas Frenchie's like. The one who grounds it, strangely yeah. enough, same with Huey. That's a good way to put it, actually. I like that. Yeah. Um, and so you had this, like, everything had to go on, do their own thing, so at the end they can come back together. So in season four, they're better than they were. Um, yeah, so, um, go ahead, Mike. Same thing happened with the villains, too. Well, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say that also. But you also had uh, Starlight joining the boys at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which, at the very end, yeah. Which is pretty. I think it's a great addition to the team. And, it is, and it's interesting because uh, last season, as Maddie pointed out, the it ends with them breaking up and they have to get back together. This season ends with them together as a group again, um, ready to go after. Um, and for the you know, Homelander is not their immediate target uh, right away, at least as far as we know for the next season. Mm. Chip, Chip, what's 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 because they they they, it's again kind of we were talking about like I don't know how many seasons it's got left and the big fight is you know butcher but I do think that honestly yeah they they talk like we're gonna go after the head popper but I feel like she's gonna end up that it's gonna be like two episodes before she basically points Homelander back at them and goes go after them if you want to keep me on your side go after them. And Homelander is a little too happy with this current relationship to. So that would be my thought, at least. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, Homelander's not going anywhere. Um, the uh, you know, and it looks like you know he's now more powerful, at least with his fandom, uh, than ever <laughs> well, before. It's, and um, I'm not trying to get political here by any means, but. Well, yeah, but you have to, does. you have to with this <laughs> and everything. And it's interesting, all the, basically all the Trump references and right wing propaganda and everything you have with Homelander and with the Vought network and everything. It was just real interesting that they brought that in and, you know, you know, they're the bad guys in this. And I'm glad Mother's Milk stood up to his wife's his ex-wife's husband about taking oh, the kid yeah. to a Homelander rally. No, it's like, no, don't poison the kid's mind with that, you know? And it was just, it was super interesting with that. And now I feel bad because of the kid, the new kid is, you know, at, with Homelander and is going, is experiencing that he can do anything also type thing. And well, I think that it's, sorry. No, all I was going to, all I was going to say was, you know, it was just it was just interesting. It goes back to the whole thing with when Trump was running for president and he said that, you know, he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue in broad daylight with a million people in front of it and get away with it. 
that's what Homelander did at the very end by, you know, yep. destroying that protester. And everyone was cheering him on. In fairness, they did start really doing that in season two with Stormfront. And I feel like that yes. partially the reason they went all all in this season was because they got away with it last season so much that, you know, with Stormfront that they didn't get, you know, they didn't get canceled if with Stormfront. They're like, okay, screw it. Let's just stop the subtlety. And let's just <laughs> obviously who we're parodying here, which worries me because I feel like that may end up biting the show on the, on the hind parts just in terms of their audience. I don't, yeah, I don't, I mean, it's always been there. I think the show's always taken, I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, it, it certainly levels out the targets of nobody's safe. I mean, it makes fun of, as we pointed out, DC and Marvel and not just the comic characters themselves, the iconic characters, but also the, the franchises, the way they operate. I mean, Look, the the whole Snyder cut <laughs> was ridiculed and satired uh, with the return of the seven or sorry, the dawn of the seven um, uh, movie that came out in the beginning. And and so they're and and I think they've they're they're smart enough to look at a lot of other political targets and, and social targets, too. Um, I don't think anything's off the table, but it does seem like, yes, they are skewing a little bit more to the left as far as what they're targeting. But I mean, as far as, you know, I'm going, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, that's fine. But, but I mean, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, some of the other stuff was, it'd be weird, you know, like to me, it was always weird for me when I was like reading Spider-Man and Spider-Man is so popular and the bullies in school were also enjoying Spider-Man. And I was like, how is that possible? Like how, how, how can they enjoy Spider-Man? Because don't they recognize themselves as, uh, as Flash Thompson, and I don't think they did. Um, and I don't know if a lot of, uh, you know, the other side will recognize themselves here, even though it's really like it's, I don't know. They might look at it as not being a uh, satire. It might be something that's like legitimizing what they feel. Uh, so that could be the uh, American history X problem of making it, could it be. so cool that it yep. loses the satire aspect. Yeah. That would be dangerous. What, um, but let's get back to like Soldier Boy and, and the depiction of Soldier Boy, the, uh, performance by Jensen Eccles. What did you think of, of how that played out, Jim? Um, I like that they gave him essentially the back half of Stormfront's story from the comics, because in the comics, Stormfront is a guy and he's also supposed to be the origin of all the supers. So I like that they kind of pivoted and made, gave that to Soldier Boy as a thing of like, well, he's sort of this first super as well. And I like, I really like that Jensen Ackles. I, I, he got a little close to Dean Winchester a couple of times, but he pulled it, <laughs> pulled it back from just playing Dean a second time. So that was no agree with that completely. And it was interesting too, because you made him not just Captain America. You also made him winter soldier on top of it. Mm. And you had a lot of comparison there too. And I thought his character was great. I thought the arc, I thought it was pretty perfect. And I like how they tied it in with his old team and that Black Noir was part of that team because that was, that was brand new. That was not part of mm -hmm. it and everything. And it gave, you actually got to see Noir without his mask. And, yeah. you know, then a lot of bad happened. And it was interesting to see that it was all. You know that they all turned against Soldier Boy, and they they were turning him over to the Russians, and that was just it was awesome. 
I know we talked about Herogasm, but I will say the second episode for me after Herogasm is the episode where he sits in the mock Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my God. And all God. the animated characters tell the backstory. That has to go down as my, like, second only to Herogasm this season, my favorite, like, bit that they did. I thought that was a great way to get that info across without being, like, feeling like an info dump. Correct me if I'm wrong, too, but I think that's the only episode that has an after the credit thing. Like, this series doesn't usually do that, but if you watch after the credits, it's real quick, but after the credits are over, all the uh, animated uh, characters are on stage and they take a bow. Mm-hmm. It's, it's real simple, but it's like, I, I don't really remember the boys doing that. And it, would, that's, a, that's a, definitely a superhero trope. Mm-hmm. That is that Marvel has really like kind of instituted. Um, but uh, I mean, it's funny that they they kind of did it that one. Oh, very um, much so. it was interesting too because the whole you know animation thing and you know them talk. The one character talking with the stutter was his conscious, basically, <laughs> and it, it was it was just wonderful. It was so well done, and I was. The whole time I kept on thinking, maybe that's how Black Noir actually sees the world throughout the whole series that he's been oh. in, you know, and everything. That would that would be funny to sort that of makes, see it through his eyes or whatever. Makes um, everything infinitely more creepy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. very much so. The crap he does and just imagining that with like Roger Rabbit cartoons in the background is like, ugh. Oh, and- he's obviously a. Um, I mean. He's obviously a, a, a sort of satire take on Batman, although this season that really is not that pre- rebel, relevant. I don't think. No, I don't. I don't. He does. He doesn't feel like a Batman clone in this at all. In the third season at all. No, he felt more. I hate to say it, more like a Daredevil or a Moon Knight type character than than you know than Batman himself. So. Yeah. Uh, giving them ties to the old team as well as just, you know, the cartoon stuff and all that. Like, just really. Um, and the fact that they didn't go ahead and, you know, do what the comics does and make him a big bad. Um, that seems like a really big, like, Batman thing to do. Um, but uh, obviously they're not they're not going that route. No, not at all. And it was inter- it's interesting, too, because it was he was such a pivotal character in the comic where here it was he was killed and very violently too by <laughs> homelander and it was just like oh i thought it was a i thought it was an interesting take i mean there's that um uh what is it the the dc um uh what is it called um uh infinite it's not infinity but it's something like that like where there's a series where um it's a what if kind of series or Nels Worlds, whatever you want to call it, but where the where Superman like takes the heart out of the Joker and everything, and I just thought that was kind of very Injustice. reminiscent. Injustice, of that. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what my first thought was. I don't know if it was a play on that or not, but uh obviously he's not holding his heart, but no. um yeah, that was uh, um one thing I also really want to talk about before we sort of uh, talk about some other things, some other highlights, and I think the big, the other big thing that happens this season is we see Butcher go to the other side. I mean, he gets powers. Like, he willfully has powers and uses it. He's going to fight fire with fire, he's decided finally. Um, that's a big change for him. We also see some really intense stuff from his uh, childhood. 
um, once uh, he's sort of um, uh, under the, the 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 realm of um, the the uh, what's say the the mind guy or whatever the, the mind flare mind storm oh, mind storm yeah. mind storm yeah. Um, so what do we think of Butcher's uh, arc in this? As far as uh, you know, is he is he is he? Is, do you think he's done using this stuff? Do you think he's going to continue? Like what? Um, and and is he hypocritical? by using powers to try to fight powers. Chip, what do you think about that? I see. I don't know. To me, it didn't feel out of character for him because his, his entire story arc has been, I will do anything to stop the supers. Like he, you know, and that's kind of carried over from the comics where he is the guy that basically will, there is no line he won't cross and he kind of started to seem like he was pulling away from that at the beginning of season three. But sorry, when he got the opportunity to do that, I like that they, it, it felt very much like an extension of kind of his normal personality. Plus, you know, his, he has the issues with addiction that they've hinted at about as subtly as they do with Tony Stark. And hmm. they, I like that they played with that, that he very much is kind of addicted to the idea of powers now. Oh, exactly. Especially, you know, he was fighting against it and everything. And then when he went up with against the Bucky type character in the parking lot and basically split him in half with the vision, it was just like, <laughs> which, which just, you know, the guy, that guy didn't even have powers, right? No. He could shoot really well. <laughs> well yeah. yeah, but that was and about it. You know, you him like, they imply he has like bullseye's power. Like he's got like perfect marksmanship that he can hit anything. But because he shows that scene where he ricochets the bullet around the car and hits him in the leg. Yep. Right. And it was, he, it was awesome. And I think no butcher, you know, was his typical selfish person. And, you know, that's why he was bringing Huey along with it, you know, and, you know, basically even, you know, when, you know, Stardust was like basically, or sorry, Starlight was like going, Hey, you know, they're saying if you use this, you're going to get brain damage. You're going to kill yourselves if you keep on using this stuff. And, you know, she did, he didn't warn Huey about it and everything. It was typical butcher. And he, he wanted to use the powers to his advantage because he wanted to use it to kill Homelander and having Soldier Boy there to, as another means was just a plus to him. And so it was, it was just real interesting. And I loved it that it was Maeve giving him the, you know, the vials. <laughs> yes. And, and other things too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there was that too. Speaking of Maeve, I think we might've seen the only semi happy ending that the series is ever going to have. <laughs> with Maeve. That's I think the only one that they're ever going to let happen is just, and that was the only one that's ever going to maybe Huey and Starlight, but. Yeah, you, you, you could be right about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've seen that Huey and Starlight still have issues, big issues, big issues, uh, but, Huge issues. <laughs> but, but, they, but those crazy kids are still together, right? I don't know mm -hmm. at the end. I know they're working together, but I don't know if they're a couple anymore. I I don't know. I thought the car scene was them kind of getting back together, at least maybe not completely, but starting to mend their couple aspect as well as their friendship. Yeah, because she was uh, truly pissed at him. You know, truly. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
and I, it, I did think it was a really cool moment when, uh, you know, when Huey has this, has the decision to make, does he, you know, take the powers and rescue the girl? Um, or does he let her just, uh, you know, kick some ass, get power her up. And, uh, I thought that was a great, a great scene and a great decision. Mm-hmm. It was, it, um, and it, it showed that Starlight is, it, is it, it, like, she is formidable. Oh, big time, big time. And that was, was interesting. I love the scene where like her, the everything went dark and she was absorbing all the light and her eyes started glowing and everything. That was just awesome. That was such a great shot scene and everything and everything. And you know, I felt, for, I felt Chip, for her. Chip's moaning again. You didn't like that scene? I don't know. If it... No, I liked it. No, no, I, I was agreeing with you. I, I was like, that was sorry. That was meant to be. Uh huh. That was meant to be. Mm. Mm. No, that wasn't. That wasn't. Gotcha. An, mm, that was a. That was an agreement. I really liked Starlight. I, I also liked the fact that they really let her finally win a fight with Homelander without having to get somebody else in to save her. Because mm. if you look, this is the first like the scene where she leaves and she's walking out of the building with the temporary V, and he's like threatening her, and she's like, "You just told all my fans that holds the camera up." That's like the first time yeah. she's managed to one up Homelander and walk away. Like that was a great yeah. scene. I thought it was a great. No, it was. Yeah, awesome. I was wondering it what was she totally was. Awesome. She she acted like she held held some cards, and I was like, I was like, what she, could she be doing? Like, what, like, like he scares me. Like, why is she not? Because she actually said something. You don't scare me, and I'm like. And, and, you know, she looked like she believed it. And I was like, I don't know where this confidence is coming from. And then she reveals that she's been taping the whole thing. And that was that was awesome. That was a good moment for her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then for both those people listening, we're not totally ignoring Matthew. Somehow he dropped off. And uh, so we haven't been able to hear his opinions. We're on, having on a thunderstorm over here right now. And he probably might have lost power. Yeah, or either that think, or, uh, or, Home, yeah, yeah. or Homelander came for him. <laughs> I think I think the the latter is more likely. So we better be careful with what we say um, because you never know who might you know come bashing through that door. It might not be Kool Aid. You know what I'm saying? Um, so uh, Chip, what's something else uh, real quick uh, about the series that you enjoyed this year? I really I have to say my favorite, like, because they, as we were saying, they, they split up the boys. They also split up the seven and they all have their own arcs. And I have a train's arc has to go down as my favorite arc this season. When they started with him playing with the celebrity aspect of like him, the, the parody of the infamous Pepsi commercial and that whole bit. But I also really but I did absolutely love at the end when they when he wakes up and they're like, yes, you're going to carry blue steel in your heart. Because he's now your heart, and I was like, "Oh, that is a that is a metaphor that is so on the nose that I can feel it pressing into my face." Like, okay, that's a great metaphor, but like, we're talking about the leaning to the left, the whole that very much Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter argument that they had. That was a great. Thought it was very well handled in a yes. in a way that was that doesn't get A Train off the hook, but also sets him up for character development in season four. Absolutely, Mike. What's what, yeah? It was interesting right. too because with that, the whole issue with the racism and the double standards and everything, and it was so well done. 
And, you know, I liked A-Train's story in this. I think he's still an asshole, but... Oh, very much. But I still... But <laughs> the A stands for. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, you know, I can't get, you know, through this without talking about the deep. Because, you know... <laughs> you know how many jokes, like even in, what was it, Peacemaker, they were making Aquaman jokes about him sleeping with fish and everything. And this was just... This actually showed it. <laughs> And yeah, the scene where the scene that, with the deep that really got to me was where Homelander makes him eat the octopus. Oh, oh my goodness! That his was name's terrible. Her, what his name Herb or something. He's like yes. name's Herb, like and he's that. begging me not to kill him. Like, oh, oh, that, that was that was that was terrifying. That was awful. That was yes. That was. That's the only time I really appreciated the deep. I'm, you know what? If they wrote the deep, if they killed him, I I don't know if I'd really cry because I don't know what more you can do with him. Uh, to be honest with you, I've kind of felt sympathy for him at the end when he's just bashing him on camera with the tell-all book, and he's just kind of sitting there crying, having that scene because <laughs> it because it really you get the you, you kind of watch the deep. He's the one that gets the most taken advantage of of a lot of them. He has the least control because he goes from being the put upon in the seven to being the, you know, the Fresca cult to being now controlled by his wife and his wife wants him to do stuff. You know, he, he's the one with the least agency in the seven. But I'm with Annie. I'm like not forgiving him for that. Like, I don't like for what he did in the season one. That was so terrible. I, I can't have sympathy for him at all. I had no sympathy for him at all. It might be three seasons, but uh, yeah, I now forget that. Oh, we're talking about the deep, aren't we? Oh, how'd you guess? How did you guess? <laughs> so I have thoughts oh, on that. Oh, you know, Matthew's back. Yeah, I'm really I'm, sorry. we're glad. We thought you were killed by Homeland. I probably was. Probably will be. Um, <laughs> at the start, will come flying through my through my window and kill me. No, okay. uh, I actually really like the deep. I actually thought in season two he was on a redemptive arc, if, if a bit a foolish one, and I thought that's what they were going to do in season three, and they kind of just. Like literally, <laughs> just crash him into the sea, and now we're getting now a train's getting a redemption arc. No, it's not going to last. It's not going to. We already no. we had mentioned that, and it's like yeah, sorry, I wasn't here for that, but I'm like, no, it's okay, it's okay. I, I'm glad He's you're still here an asshole, you know. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, so we're getting ready to wrap up, but I do want to hear from you as far as what was something from this season that uh, you really wanted to point out and that you enjoyed. What I put out enjoyed. Um, as much as I complained about the A Train Redemption arc, I really liked A Train this season. Okay, like yes. I enjoyed it. I thought it was interesting. There were stakes for him. It was coming to grips with the idea of his fame and fortune and how it affects his life and how he perceives other people's lives. Um, and now he's given a second lease on life. Um, uh, so that was it. And, and the, I'm gonna. The next sort of big thing was I love that we actually got a super fight at the end with Homelander. Oh yeah, that was a great, that was great super fight. Butcher Butcher with superpowers was great. Uh, I'm I hope that doesn't happen again. But I was super happy that it happened because it was a co- very cool moment. And that moment yeah. when when yeah. when Homelander's like, oh, I can't just straight up kill you, and the look on Carl Urban's face was just manic. It was just <laughs> manic when he's like. Oh, it's my turn. I get to do this now. Mm. Yeah, the end of Hero Gasm, where he's revealed that he has powers as well. It was like that. 
that was a great you know uh scene as well with them fighting and then the ultimate you know the the finale with them all the super i love superpower beings beating the snot out of each other i just do I mean, <laughs> ever since ever since superman 2 man i've just like that's i love that and i don't see that it's amazing how little you see that in superhero movies but um oh, uh the, real quick but the slugfest they had there that was just amazing and then you it know ba- and basically soldier boy going nuclear and you know Maeve supposedly sacrificing herself to stop him. <laughs> uh, okay, so before right before we talk about season four and what we want to see, uh, I do have to point out I, there's no way I can do this without we can talk about season three for me without talking about uh, Kamiko's arc. Um, to me, oh, she's yeah. like the heart of this show. Very cool. Um, uh, Karen Fukuhara does such a great job and she got a lot to do this season, which she, I don't think she's had uh, the last two as much anyway. Uh, but her, you know, her whole arc about her not wanting her powers anymore, losing her powers and then wanting, and then getting them back again was just so compelling. And, and man, you want to talk about a fight or fight scenes. She is like the best when it comes to this show, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It, it, she's very much again, a, Break the band back together. The super people have to lose their powers, get their powers back, and the, but now they come back stronger because they understand what it means and like they they're fully uh, vested. They fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, real quick, uh, one word, one sentence, Chip. What do you want to see out of season four? Children's story arcs. They've got three kids now across three different families. I want to see them do something with those kids. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Matthew, what do you want to see in season four? Uh, ooh, that's all right. Um, we we got to see the return of oh, what's his name? The 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 guy who run used to run fought who Homelander ousted. Uh, Stan Edgar. Yeah. yeah, Stan Edgar. I want to. Stan Edgar needs to return. You know, that's how I knew that Homelander and Anthony Starr was amazing, even more amazing than I I expected him to be, is because here he is in a scene with Giancarlo Esposito, and I, he's more menacing. I'm like, how is that possible? How could you be more menacing than Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito? You like, that's just not possible. screen to rip in half whenever in the scene together. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, what do you want to see in season four? I want to see a version of the Teen Titans in the Vought universe. <laughs> oh, teenage kicks! Uh, oh, we're yeah, going yeah. to get a spinoff series. Well, you are getting you are getting a spinoff series, but I just, I want to see a version of the Teen Titans. <laughs> That's and, fair. And I also want to see what's going to happen with uh, basically with Butcher because he has what a year to live because of his yes. early years of the of the the V. Yeah, so you know that season four can't be a big time jump. No, because <laughs> no. he doesn't have that time. Um, because we did get a time jump at the beginning of this season. It was like a year after, yep. right, or something yes. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so can't happen unless he's in the ground. <laughs> like, oh, like, like season four. Just, oh, yeah, God. season four. It just enters and everybody's at his funeral. I'm like, no, um, I don't think that's going to happen. Carbon has too much to lose. Um, you know, I would love to see another uh, superhero dynamic uh, introduced. I, I, you know, they've done and had played around with so many. Uh, I, I can't 
seem to predict uh, what they're going to do next because I, I don't know the comic either, so I don't know what's available for them. But I would like to see, you know, if they're if Black Noir is off the table, maybe bring in like something even closer to what like Batman could be in this universe. That would be sort of really interesting to me to see, and maybe use that arc where he becomes the bad guy. Um, that's possible as well. So, all right, so uh, that's all we have time for. I'm afraid, but it was great to catch up with you and the boys. boys. Uh, Chip, Matthew, Boys. thank you so much. Real quick, um, do you have anything to plug, Chip? Uh, see everyone at Dragon Con. We've got two All weeks. Right. Yeah. Well, two Matthew. weeks from recording. See everybody at Dragon Con. Matthew, do you have anything to plug? Uh, yes, I do. I won't be at Dragon Con, sadly. This will be my first year in a very, very long time. Yeah, I'm not going to be there this year. Uh, But I would like to plug uh, Polyhedron. If you look up Simulacra Studios, uh, instead of having my own show, my buddy has kind of taken over the show. I'm still on it. I'm just not doing the back end. It's still called Polyhedron. But look it on the Simulacra Studio uh, feed. That's where you want to go look it up. We talk about RPG, role-playing RPGs. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll see you again uh, when season four comes out. Awesome. <laughs> like if not years by. If not sooner. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to revisit the world of Westworld one more time. This is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We don't have a whole lot of new movies coming out in theaters towards the end of August here as the summer wraps up, which in my mind is actually kind of a good thing because I don't know about you, but I am so behind on a lot of the streaming shows that I need to get caught up on. So it's nice to have a little bit of a break at the movie theater to watch through some of these shows that I've been interested in but just haven't gotten to. Recently, I have started checking out the adaptation of The Sandman on Netflix and I'm really intrigued by it so far. While I've heard of the series that it's based on, was aware of it, I haven't actually read it for myself, so I'm encountering these characters in the storyline pretty much for the first time. And it's really interesting. I feel like this is one of those series that I would get even more out of it if I was more familiar with the source material. However, that being said, I am just a couple of episodes in, so I'm really curious to see where this story is going. It's definitely hooked my interest. I want to keep watching to see what is going to happen in this dark fantasy series. So I would also recommend, yes, if you haven't read the original material Go ahead and dive on in. I think it does a pretty good job bringing you up to speed. But I feel like this is definitely a series that's going to reward people who are more familiar with the text that it's based on. But I am curious to keep watching and see how I feel about the series as a whole. Brand new this week, it's time for more Marvel content on Disney Plus with the premiere of She-Hulk. Now, I will be honest, um, the first trailer for this series didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, it's Marvel, so I'm excited. Of course, I'm going to watch it. It didn't immediately grab me in the same way that like the trailer for Moon Knight did. I felt like the CGI was just maybe a little bit dodgy, which kind of took me out of the story a little bit in the trailer. Which is weird because normally I feel like Disney Plus has really high quality special effects when you look at series like Moon Knight or the upcoming Andor. So 
I was curious to see if maybe some of that was still in progress and it will be more polished in the final version. But I'm also definitely going to give this a chance because the trailer for Ms. Marvel didn't immediately excite me. I thought it was going to be aimed more towards kids. And then I absolutely love, love, love the series. So I'm excited to see it. Always good to see the Marvel universe expanding. And if you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check over out my blogs over on the ESO Podcast website. I recently finished watching Strange New Worlds and absolutely loved it. My favorite geek story this year. So lots of good stuff on streaming to get caught up on. Doctor Who is all about change. For almost 59 years, the show has gone through many regenerations. One thing always consistent is a sense of hope and wonder across all space and time. It's the dawn of a new era, and your friends at our station who will be here to cover everything to come this year and beyond. Please rate and subscribe to our show wherever fine podcasts are found. This is a story about a girl. Every single day she wakes up, the more she sees it, but nobody else can. There's something wrong with the world. And that it's her fault. What is this girl's name? Your kind made a sport out of hunting us. You controlled our every move. And now, I'm going to do the same to you. Time to evolve into the species that we were meant to become. Maybe it's time you question the nature of your own reality. We're not here to transcend. We're here to destroy. Do you think you can save them? I've seen a path. story with a happy ending. Everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. Now it's here to talk all about Westworld season four. This one is a very interesting one. I don't know if we're going to have enough time to talk about this in the for the next fifty years. <laughs> so let's get started on it, Mikey. Yes, uh, it is going to be a big task, but we'll see what we can do. We are bringing ourselves back online to talk about a brand new season of Westworld, and we have Bethany back to to help us do so. Hello. Howdy. How are you? 
I'm doing good. I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about this season. I'm, I, I can't wait to hear all about them. And, uh, and I'm sure you've got your binder handy as well, right? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we also have Lee with us. Lee, welcome back to the show. How are you all? Dr. Law oh. in the house. Glad to be here. <laughs> how, uh, how have things been with you? You know, good. Just surviving, you know, the pandemic and, you know, in, in ingesting massive quantities of geek-related media. So I'm good. There's so much content out there. There's so much content out there right now. It's crazy. Um, so, but we're going to have another person join us because there's just so much to unpack with this season of Westworld. Uh, we've got another Michael here. Michael, welcome to the station. Hello. My name's M.D. Jackson. Michael M. D. Jackson. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, I am um, the uh, former publisher of, <clears throat> excuse me, Dark World's Quarterly uh, mm-hmm. and also the producer of Dark World's Quarterly podcast, which is on a hiatus at the moment. But I'm also the producer of a comedy podcast called Balloon Juice. Uh, from Canada, where I'm beaming in from. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, all right. So, MB, I'll start with you then. Um, uh, we're going to get right into it. What were your feelings going into this season? And uh, overall, did the season satisfy you? Actually, I was very excited going into the season. Uh, right from the get-go, it uh, it really sort of kicked everything up. Um, I mean, it's been, this is its fourth season, and there's been some criticisms of the earlier seasons that it weren't they weren't as good as the first one of course the first one had anthony hopkins in it so how could you top that when he left the show but uh this fourth one uh it started off very exciting very intriguing and and it just kept on going and so i was very uh very excited about it very um uh very much into it followed it right through to the end but uh yeah no i i think this one this last one i don't know if this is the uh, final one uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be doing any more after this, but I mean, it, it could be, it could be a place to leave it because it was a pretty definitive kind of ending. Um, and, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I was absolutely, um, completely, uh, blown away by a lot of the, the philosophical questions, the, um, uh, nonlinear storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also something that I really responded to. Um, so there are several, storyline story threads that were were happening that we saw you know concurrently although as you're watching it of course it it turns out that many of these stories these storylines actually not happening concurrently they're you know one storyline is happening like you know in the past and one is in the future and 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 that really uh you know hit uh, hit the mark for me yeah, I mean, they certainly set the bar with that the first season, um, and I think they've had a little bit of you know trouble kind of making it as seamless as it as they did the first season. But uh, I'm curious to see if you guys think it worked uh, as well this season. Um, Lee, what about you? What um, what were your feelings going into this season? Um, sort of tail end from last season, and were you excited? And uh, overall, was it satisfying? Yeah, I mean, I was really excited. I will confess, I was kind of like, Westworld is something that I caught up on during the pandemic. Um, okay. And it cool. became like a really, you know, compelling um, thing to me. Um, I, I initially dismissed it, you know, all being about the robots. And I'm like, this is, it's going to be like Galactica. But it's so, I'm so glad, like, I like, 
fought through that. Um, so, yeah, so this season I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was very intriguing. I, too, enjoyed the nonlinear storytelling. I mean, there were several kind of like aha and like gut punch like moments. Um, you know, I thought that, that that they did a really good job. And I, I saw some of the initial criticism, too, about how things didn't necessarily always make sense to people, um, how things were perceived as moving slowly and not really having a narrative payoff. But I thought that this season they really did a great job of having they were very efficient with the with the episodes that they were given. I didn't feel like there was a lot of fat or a lot of filler in anything. Every single frame, every single scene to me had some sort of meaning. So I, I totally enjoyed it. And I do think that they're going to do one more season and that 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 will be it in my opinion yeah uh, well we'll talk about the future i hope if there is one um uh at the end but um bethany what about you i know that because the last time like season three was kind of rough right well season three i mean there are people who poo-pooed it uh but season three was exactly what it needed to be in order to get us to the point that we're at now and the problem is, I think, with a lot of the criticism is that they're looking at the season as a whole by itself and not as a part of a wider narrative. They've done that for season two. They did that for season three. I would not be surprised if they were doing that for season four. Um, I specifically have not looked at any of the, critis- the criticism or the reviews or anything because uh, I like to, to view a thing first and, and wrap my brain around it before I go looking for uh, other external uh, uh, impulses and, and people's other, other people's reactions. Um, so I was, I was really, really intrigued to see where they were going because um, – we got the news that we were going to get a season three and a season four at the same time. Uh, so it was really, really intriguing because they kind of left us in a, in a really interesting space of, at the end of season three. And then coming into this season, I mean, I've been driving my roommate nuts because I'm like, it's almost back. It's almost back. And <laughs> she's just like, I'm going to strangle you if you see this one more time. I'm like, so uh, my poor sainted roommate. But as far as my feelings, I I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of complicated feelings about this show, mostly stemming around the use of those freaking flies, man. Um, (laughs) It's just like, you know, like you see it in the first episode of the first season and then every season, like there's this thing, like you just like watch the flies and it's this great vector for cinematography and storytelling. And I love them and I hate them at the same time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the flies bug me. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like, you know, my my household does when I'm watching because you can just hear me going, flies. But I agree. There there was no, they, they were really efficient with their time and their pacing. And there was a lot in there that were like callbacks to previous seasons that you did was one of those, you know, blink if you, and you miss it. Um, but then um, I almost kind of ho- hope that we don't get a season five because I kind of like the way that that ended. Mm. Um, 
even though I am sitting here going, I'm like, great, season five or season four has made me have so many more emotions than the previous three seasons combined. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's been it's been a hell of an experience, and I mean, it ended. You know, season four ended the way season one began. You know, at the yeah. the the completion of the cycle of the game. You right. know, because we get that first right. tutorial episode, and then everything there is just it's plot. like a perfect. It's a perfect loop. It's a perfect yeah. It's loop a perfect loop, in, and, right? and again, I have a love hate relationship with these people. Um, <laughs> oh, well, wow. as 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 a writer and as a reader and as a media consumer, like watching it. And MD, you you know how this goes. You know, once you become like an editor or a writer, you can't stop wa- looking for the tool marks. And they're just the way they compose this, literally down to the smallest, minute details, is just like mind blowing. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody makes TV like this. Uh, no, this. It, and, it's, and, yeah. And the and the nonlinear storytelling. This Westworld is a master class in it. Yes. I mean, yes. Nobody because, plays around with it like they do. Because you get you get enough hints here and there. So that if you're like like really really focused in, they're they're telling you that it's not the same timeline, but it's also something that you might miss if you're just like a casual viewer. So it, it's. It's really fantastic. I really wish The Witcher had um, had uh, done something similar to what Westworld's done because that one I know threw people for a hell of a loop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mike, what about you? What uh, what were your feelings going in, and uh, and were you satisfied overall? It was interesting coming out of season three. I had no idea where this season was going to be going with season four. It was just like. The world was falling apart. People were freaking out. You didn't know what was going on. All of a sudden, the season opens, and you literally have, you know, calm, restored societies back to what it was. And it had evolved a year or two. They didn't say how much time really went by at this point. And... It was just, it was just real interesting to see because the last time you saw it was Maeve and, and, uh, Caleb, you know, basically, you know, this is our world to make basically. And it was just real interesting to see. And this season was very satisfying. You literally had a mustache twirling villain in Tessa Thompson. And she was amazing. Everyone was amazing in this season. You know, I can't say there was one who did, you know, less than the other. I have, I do have some beef with this season. There wasn't perfect by any means. And I will, t- we'll get into that in a little bit. But do I think, I think this could be the end right here. And I would be happy if they didn't continue it because like everyone's been saying, it's come full circle. It's almost like, okay, it's starting over again. And I'd be very curious to see where, you know, maybe 
five, 10 years from now, then maybe exploring it again, but not right now. I think maybe mm-hmm. it's cool to, this is a good breaking point and everything. Hell, they killed most of the cast anyway off. Literally. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think there's anybody really left from the first season, really. Uh, but, but we can talk about that. But, we can talk about that. But what, you know, Dolores created again, they're all back, you know, a lot. Of well, right. Yeah, yeah, in that I mean, sense, they're all back. Then, uh, yeah, but we, we lost some people. We lost some characters that that have been around since season one. Um, and they started, uh, you know, to, to deep, you know, to use the, the, the analogy. They, they, they started dropping like flies in the part of the season, the second <laughs> half of the season. Ooh, um, you went there. Uh, oh, wow. I did. I did. I did. And I'm not ashamed. Um, look, <laughs> uh, so Westworld's one of my favorite series, uh, maybe of all time. It's right, way up there. Uh, Nolan and Joy have created something that is so ambitious that nobody is, I don't think anybody's ever going to try it again. Um, but they are such interesting storytellers. Um, when what they do works, nothing's better. Uh, sometimes their ambition is a little too much and, uh, sometimes it doesn't work. But, uh, the one thing I'm going to use, I'm going to use another, um, uh, Cri- uh, Michael Crichton property here. Um, in the Jurassic Park series, uh, especially the series of movies, uh, the first movie is, you know, the, uh, the, everybody's trapped in the park with the dinosaurs. Oh my God, everybody's trapped in the park with the dinosaurs. Second movie, oh my God, we're still trapped in the park with the dinosaurs. There's more, there's dinosaurs, we're still trapped in this park. And at the end of the second movie, the dinosaurs get out and, or a couple of them get out and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then, unfortunately, the third, fourth movie are we're we're trapped in the park with dinosaurs. We're trapped in the park with dinosaurs. And then it's not until this last movie, Dominion, which was touted as, "Hey, the dinosaurs are out. All of them are roaming free." And this is this this is now. I'm like, I'm going into Dominion thinking this could be the most interesting Jurassic Park movie since the first one because now we're in a different world. It's going to be different um, as far as how it plays out because the dinosaurs are like the masters of the planet and we are not. Well, the movie was a big disappointment. I'll just shortcut that. I think if you want to know more details about that, you can listen to our episode on our review. But Westworld has been slowly leading up to that as well. The same thing. It's like, what is going to happen when these hosts um, are out? And the host, and we get that in season three, of course, the hosts are out in the world and they, they run rampant. And then the end is very conflicting, um, as far as what's going to happen next. Um, and yes, we are talking about spoilers here, as we've already said. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. The, the, the realization in the, in like the middle of season, this season that the hosts not only were running rampant around the world, they won. They won, and the the humans are now subjugated yeah. or subjects of the host. Was such a powerful moment to me, and a moment where I just pretty much stood up and went, "Yes!" Like this is this is how you move the series forward. This is how you move a franchise forward. This is show me something that I hadn't, I didn't, you know, I haven't seen before, and that was uh, so bold, and uh, you know the 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 realization of it was bold too, because again, they're playing with time. It's they're playing with that linear storytelling. And then the reveal is just a gut punch, but also a, a Yahoo moment at the same time. 
they could have done whatever else they wanted to this season. I would have been happy with that. The only thing mm-hmm. that I was disappointed with is that previously we've had single episodes that stand out as some of what I call the best TV ever. Like just a single episode that you could yank. You don't even have to watch the series. And 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 yet this this episode is just an amazing piece of television. This was this season was not standalone. They didn't I guess they didn't have a lot of time to mess around. They only had eight episodes, so they really compactly told the story they wanted to tell. Maybe they could have used another one. I don't know. Uh we can talk about that in more detail. But um the ratings on this fourth season so far have been pretty bad. But then again, I think they've got so much content to com- uh, compete with that um, we, to be honest with you, um, we had a little bit of a difficult time trying to find guests to be on the show because there was a lot of people who had watched West- the season of Westworld yet. They was on their list, but they hadn't really gotten a chance to it because there's just so much stuff out there right now. Westworld is at the top of my list. And um, Lee, I'm going to point it to you now. What's something specific about this season, character arc, moment, what have you, that really resonated with you? Uh, Well, given that I'm a a father of a six-year-old, I love the whole Caleb and his daughter, you know, Ah, aspect. Um, You know, her, her, um, her just journey, like with him, like her life without him. Um, I loved the the scene where the mother um, has her talking to him on the radio, like he's going to answer and just hoping that he'll hear. And I thought it was really cool when, you know, when he finally that oh that whole episode where he's escaping and then you see all the Caleb's and where they have fallen dead um, in trying to reach their goal. And he finally, you know, reaches out and he's able to talk to her and she kind of finally like hears it. I thought that that was you know, that that was really powerful. Um, I thought it was kind of hilarious that that Hale was just like, oh, well, you get out and this is what you say? Like, this is what you wanted to do for so long? It's like, you bitch. Like, that was so mean. But um, I thought that that was, I think that that was one of the more powerful things. But I, like you, Michael, um, was really, uh, thought that it was very narratively, just very brave for them to like show that the machines won. And then how they were kind of, you know, just treating humans as like sheep, pretty much, you know, and, and were using humans for pretty much amusement. I thought that that was that that was really interesting. Those were the two things that kind of stood out for me. Um, and I thought that it was a brave, a very brave choice for them to do that um, narratively. Um, regarding the the Caleb's storyline, and I and I really appreciate that as well. The the uh the scenes with him and C uh were great. I think I even liked uh Caleb oddly enough, I think I liked him more this season, uh, when he was, you know, sort of trapped in a host body. But but uh the one thing that was kinda you know, I because I, my memory's uh crap. So um but the reason that Caleb had an expiration date all the time is because they still can't figure out how to put human consciousness in a host body, right? Is mm-hmm. that is that what I'm getting? They yes. Just, they, yeah. The host can yeah. be around for they 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 know how to keep humans alive for a long time, <laughs> but as far as actually moving them into a host body, that just still doesn't work, right? And because yeah. I think that was the only he's the only one that we've seen them try to do that, right? Yeah, yeah, they made the comment that the that the human mind rejects the well, the human aspect rejects the body. Yeah. They said, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, Caleb, it didn't succeed with. However, William. William. Yes. Well, that's not pure, though. But then again, two things were there. We had the original William that was still alive for most of that. And Hale (laughs) all but admitted that she built William off of her own code. Right, right. So there was a mix there. Yeah. Kind of gave him and then like, but yeah, and, and that, I mean, that alone could work. But you can't do that really for every single one you try to do. And she also didn't know Caleb well enough uh, to be able to do that believably. Uh, right. And plus you can't, but it's only a piece of him. It's not, yeah. it's not like that person is going to live forever because it's, it's tainted, right? It's, it's yeah. different. Right. So yeah. Yeah. And, uh, right. And then you have the interaction, you know, as well. So it was almost like in that last episode, you know, old warrior, well, the, the, the penultimate episode, he was giving him instructions. Well, you're me. Go out and do what I would do, you know, sort of thing, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, this is great. And he mm-hmm. did it. So mm-hmm. that was wonderful. Oh, man. And you got the whole like, you know, like, you know, William uh, or bot William, whatever you want to call him, uh, host William, like. You know, killing the father, killing the mother. Like, you got all these weird things. Like, it's just so deep. Like, I know that that's like, that's why you can have a huge binder on this whole thing, right, Bethany? <laughs> like, every scene is like, oh my God, that's a, so, that's deep. So, hilariously, they keep re- calling it, referring to the binder. When I saw season one back in 2016, I made a whole bunch of notes of the whole season, plus co- comparing and contrasting it with uh, the original movie with Yul Brynner. Um, and I packed everything into a bright neon pink binder that said master plan on it uh, and have brought that with me to every single panel that I've ever done in Westworld. Um, and I've been, gosh, it's been what, seven years now? That we've been hip deep in this, just just murder boarding oh, yeah. out this entire glorious, you know, Lewis Carroll spiral of amazing. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, no, you you could have a binder. I currently have to find like extra dividers because I have so much scrap in this binder; it's falling out. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. Like every season could be a binder in and of itself, I would imagine. But I mean, uh, I mean yeah, like legitimately there's there's just so much in there because absolutely nothing in this show is left to chance right from the right. episode like from the episode titles to the music they choose to the different cues and everything there is not a single thing that is left to chance right right and uh it's it's just uh it's un, it's both amazing and also unfathomable because to be able to do all of this and put it on screen and like I said, the I just am blown away by the craft, by the both, you know, creatively and technically. Uh, and like I mean, even in the littlest details, like Christina's earrings, like we only ever see one earring, or we only ever see her one ear. And those two earrings, the way they are, yeah, that's the uh, Morse code uh, letter N. 
I keep I, I, I'm scrolling back through like most of the episodes trying to see if I can get a good still of where we're seeing both ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I sat there looking at that going, they keep focusing on that. They keep focusing on that. I'm like, why does that look familiar? And then, you know, my 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 misspent youth uh, trolling around cryptography tree uh, museums and all that jazz. Uh, so, hey, comes in handy, comes in handy here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, Having a military and, and, dad in military intelligence does does come in handy sometimes. Uh, MD, what about you? What's something else from this season that really struck you and, and you appreciate it? I agree. Uh, well, a couple of things I appreciated. I mean, as a writer and, and there's a lot of stuff about storytelling uh, in this season, as, as there is throughout the entire series. Um, the thing that I kind of really gave me a chuckle was when Caleb and Maeve go into that, the new park, which is set in the 1920s and the uh, oh, prohibition so era. Good. Yeah. And, and they trot out the old storyline, the one that, that we, in the very first season, we saw the writer was so proud of that, the, the bank heist. He was, that was his, his big scene that he wrote. And he basically dined out on that for the rest of his career. And they're, they're still trotting out the same, the same storyline. Uh, with, with all these, with all these like sub, you know, characters that we all know the real ones. And then we're looking at all these doppelgangers and we're like, yeah, that's. Yeah. They're, they don't even, they don't even, no offense and, to the actors playing them, but I don't think they're supposed to even hold a candle to the originals, right? Yeah, but I, I think it's a, it might be a little comment on, on sequels and, and remakes and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. But, but that, that did give me a, a bit of a chuckle. And also the, um, uh, the whole thing is, um, thematically, it, it basically goes back to, I mean, you know, even with Michael Crichton's, original movie which he which he wrote and directed uh the whole theme of this is how we are afraid of our technology uh the potential of it to supplant ourselves um and it goes back to and that's why this season there's so many things like with the the children um caleb and his daughter his daughter becomes him his daughter uh becomes a better version of him uh and we're it 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 it's our greatest joy, but it's also one of our greatest fears that our children or our creations anyway will supplant us. Uh, and this goes back to, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, and, and this season for me kind of put, put me in mind of that scene from, from the original Frankenstein where Frankenstein turns to his, the monster turns to Dr. Frankenstein and says, I will be with you on your wedding night. And that's the most chilling line of the uh, entire novel. And that's kind of what this season and previous seasons as well have kind of encapsulated that I'm going to take you over. I'm going to, and that's what we see them do. Like you said, the, the, the hosts have taken over the society they've created. They are Frankenstein's monster. And here's, here's his, is that creature's destiny. And, and, um, and the other thing was the tone. Whenever they control the human beings, that tone, that really freaky, I, they must yeah. I know, the, the sound designers yeah. must, have, must have been looking for the just the right tone to to give that really creepy awful ew, icky yeah yeah the chords were very disturbing yeah that was done really well yeah yeah no I uh, that 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 was brilliant especially when you tied them to the flies that were infecting everybody yeah. and yeah. again the freaking flies man. <laughs> It all comes back to the flock um, for her. It really does. Um, but but it, it's like chalk, you know, nails on a chalkboard kind of discomfort. The the tone and the flies. Yeah. yeah. 
play, playing a lot with the with that discordant because you, you know something's not right because your ears are telling you something is not right. It's like internally hearing like the boss music in a video game and not ever getting to see the boss. And you're just like on edge yeah. all the time. Where where are they? Where yeah. are they? <laughs> what is going on? But I mean, it's also kind of interesting because we see like in season three where Westworld itself was a kind of weird mirror of what the real world was with um, Rehobim and, you know, how they were, they were controlling all of that and weeding out the, the outliers, weeding out the undesirables and then blowing that up thereby setting humanity free and one could argue the hosts were already free because they got off the island. Um, but just doing that and then seeing how all of that just kind of flipped on its head and we went back around the circle and now the hosts are in charge of the real world. And it's just, it's really, really, really awesome from like a deep meta perspective to, to start like counting the spirals of, okay, how far have we gone down this rabbit hole? Uh, so it's just really interesting. And of course, you know, the hosts are based on humans. So there, there was no, there was no chance for this to end in anything but annihilation on both sides. Um, so I, and if there is a season five, I really, really want someone to explain to me how long that hydroelectric power plant is going to keep going. <laughs> this, this this is the one question I have for the future. How long does that that, that power plant keep going? Because you know, humanity is like all but gone. You've got the outliers, and there aren't enough of them, from what we've seen, to provide any kind of like actual stable population regrowth. Uh, if they even could, because uh, I would not put it past. Charlotte Hale to like put contraceptives in the rain or whatever. Uh, mm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's just, it's, it's kind of fascinating to see. Okay. So the game's ended. Where do we go from here? <laughs> Where we, we start a new game. <laughs> and, and Hey, if they do, I will, be, I will be right there on premiere day tuning in because they have built up that credit with me. Yeah, um, yeah, but I'm also okay if we leave it here because I mean it's it's just it's really awesome, and I will say that this 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 season made me feel my feelings so much more than all three of the other seasons combined. I like just about broke into tears when we first see Teddy because <laughs> so I was just like, oh, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying up to be sucker punched in the fields for every Sunday for like eight weeks straight. It was interesting though when Teddy showed up. It was just like, wait a minute, is this even just in her mind, or is it something else? And the show has tra- trained <laughs> and me. The answer for is that. yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and, and it's kind of funny because Christina wasn't actually really there in the first place. Like they they managed to do the whole um, sixth sense kind of reveal. Only like in a kind of like actual better way that you don't actually feel cheated at the end of it, like you do at the end of that movie. Um, yeah. So it's kind of it's 
it's really quite something. It was interesting too for that because, you know, you know, she was the whole Christina storyline was she was writing all the stories because she was underneath the map and it was, she was the ones creating the stories for all the humans in the, in the world who were being controlled. And it it was just it was fascinating because you were the whole time you were trying to figure it out because there were scenes in that last episode where she was walking right past you know some of the other characters and they didn't notice her and she didn't notice mm-hmm. them and right. and it was just right. and so it was just like wait a minute are they in a different time period or a different dimension and it was really really well done. Yeah. how they created yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think it was, for me, like, that was one of the biggest takeaways I had with it because not only did we get the the sort of the, the host winning, but then we see them elevated to a way, in a, in a way that we hadn't seen or hadn't even, I mean, it's sort of there, but but I mean, the fact that you can have this sort of uh, host consciousness be present in the world, but not physically there was something that, you know, I mean, I, I kind of suspected in the beginning that, that she was part of some virtual world, but that was so much, that was so much a simplification of what it was. It was like, I had no idea because the concept of having this sort of consciousness, uh, controlling consciousness mm-hmm. that was there, but not there was just so brilliant. I, I just, I mean, I, I had to give my hats off to him because I, on the one hand, I was like, I wanted to say I called it, but I, I, I was like, no, I, I can't say that because this is so much more than I could have ever imagined it could have been. Yeah. And it was a real upgrade to where like the, what the host could do. And I thought, well, maybe that's what, uh, I hate calling her Charlotte. Cause she's really like sharp. What do they call her on, uh, Decoding Westworld, Charloris, right? Charloris, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, um, I like because, the yeah, she's... better. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you know, she seemed she claimed to have this vision of moving the host forward and everything. Um, but I do wonder if really she was pretty limited herself, mm-hmm. and that's why at the end, even she had to like kind of tap out and go, you know what? This is this is Christine. This is Dolores's thing. Like I, I, I can't. Like I mean, she literally like committed suicide. Like to say, like I, I'm not of this level. I can't. I can't even imagine doing this. Which I thought was a real big thing for that character. Yeah. Yeah. They had was... the the obvious clue that Dolores was in an, a, a synthetic world because every time she woke up, her hair was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, oh, right there. Well, I tell you what, that's what it kind of you know threw me at the beginning when they first announced that you know what season four they made the announcements they showed a trailer and I was like, what? Evan Rachel Wood is back. Like I thought she was done. Like I thought that was she was done and that was and, but she's back and the way they use her is so amazing. But I kept thinking to myself like, man, how many times has she gotten out of bed on this series? Like they have filmed her getting out of bed like. I don't know, like hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of times. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that visual clue. Hey, we're starting the loop again. Yep. And, you know, after once you've watched 
like through the season, you start to become really, really attuned to that. <laughs> but yeah, no, her hair is perfect all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, my hair doesn't do that. Not once, not ever have so, I just woken up with perfect hair. <laughs> so, you know, as cool as it is seeing her again, and 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 she does such a brilliant job acting wise, and as uh, someone already pointed out, acting wise, like this show is on on a level like it's just incredible. Everybody's performance in this. There's not one person that makes me cringe, uh, even if the characters kind of do in a creepy way. Uh, but uh, acting wise, it, everybody does such an amazing job. And you know, we haven't even talked about uh, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, yeah, oh, he so, was so uh, awesome. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Mike. I'll ha- I'll yeah. hand the I'll I'll literally hand the 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 orb the ball to you. <laughs> it was it was interesting because because <laughs> pearl. pearl. Thank you. The pearl. Exactly. It was interesting because I felt the whole time that Bernard was like Doctor Strange in the Avengers movies. You know <laughs> that he's seen all the different possible futures <laughs> and that he yep. knew. Oh wait. I've seen this way. Oh, no, no. Remember to turn left at the fork and, you know, and, you know, oh, wait, in this version, no, you, we don't do this or we don't do that. But it was interesting. Every version that he did see, they never survived. And that was, that was so interesting, but they still went through because there was a possibility that they could save a portion of everybody, not the whole world. There, the whole world was effed. Pretty much, yeah. as he said, and I loved it. And it was such a great world, you know. And it was it was great because he has so good chemistry in whatever he does, and that's mm-hmm. what is awesome. Every character he worked with in this series, and he it was just awesome. He is. Jeffrey Wright is just an amazing actor. Just, yeah. I'm going out and saying it. And but, you, but you have to say he has a certain like kinship with with Stubbs, right? Oh well, yeah. him and Stubbs have like a love hate relationship <laughs> I, with I, each other. Bernard and Stubbs are are pretty are pretty cool. I, yeah. I, I need if we ever get any spinoffs, what I need is I need a Stubbs and Bernard buddy cop show. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> and then I need, I, then I need the 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 Maeve and Caleb being chaos agents everywhere show, <laughs> <laughs> like because, and I'm like, and I will do whatever. I will sign up for whatever. I will be there every single night and twice on Sundays, um, because you know, those are because that would just be amazing. But also, I really enjoyed uh, seeing like a Ketchita. Who's the guy, you know, introducing this to Bernard? And I, I totally fist pumped when I saw it. I was like, yes, yes. I, I was going to mention that Zan Zan McLarnon, uh is the actor, and and he's. he's just, I, I don't know. Was he on? Was he in a previous season? I don't remember. Yeah, he yep. was. Um, he was the yeah. original Akechita, okay, and right, his season, episode season two. is season two. Season two that's right. Is, yeah is hands down, I think, probably one of the best episodes of television, like yeah. right up there with, like, sitting on the edge I, of forever. I, I was a big fan of his when he was in season two of Fargo. Uh, he was fantastic in that. And uh, and just to see him show up, he's not in too many scenes, but he's, you know, he's, he's just amazing when he is. Yeah. And then just, uh, yeah, that season two episode where it was, you know, completely from his point of view and you're going through all of this and you're just like, 
oh my god it's like you know you have that galaxy brain moment where your head just explodes because because it was like that episode where everything just like coalesced for you and you're like okay i get all the disparate pieces now and holy crap uh but yeah no no he's he's a fantastic actor and Mm -hmm. that was yeah it was a real pleasure i hear he's he's killing it in dark winds on amc which i haven't got a chance to check out yet but uh, it's so good it's also free on amazon prime right now just fyi I do remember seeing him on Longmire and I, 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 man, it's, he's solid stuff. But like I said, everybody is, is solid here. So I, I have no complaints, no complaints. Um, all right. I'm going to throw this question out to everybody. Season four. And as Bethany pointed out, nothing is left to chance. Season is four. Sub, season four is subtitled the choice. What do we think that means? MD. Uh, well, obviously the, the final uh, chapter, Dolores has a choice. What's she going to do? But um, everyone, you know, at this, you know, it, there are choices throughout the whole thing. Bernard, for instance, has to choose. You know, which 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 version of reality is uh, <laughs> is, is the you know which which uh, iteration of the of the plan is going to go. And and actually, that's the other thing. The other interesting choice that I it was almost a throwaway moment. In, in one of the earlier moments, Bernard just goes through the through the, the tunnel and he just drops the gun. You don't even think about it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, that's an odd little bit. Especially and in and the simulation course, beforehand when he didn't do that. So when it he really kind of yeah, really so like, draws attention to it. When he does it, you're like, oh, a, well, you see him go. But he didn't do that before, did he? Yeah, yeah. But, and and you can see, and and choices, I mean, with with that that one episode where, where uh, Caleb is going through and finding his old versions of himself who made different choices you know and 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 it's the old choices you know where did they end up and 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 so he's got different choices that he makes because of the old other choices that didn't work out um there's there's a lot of uh the choices throughout the entire season uh all leading up to the ultimate choice which is up to uh to dolores ultimately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, i would I, yeah, go ahead, I tag on to that too. Um, the 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 scene where Bernard tells you know Maeve, I, I cannot I, I cannot put you back into the sublime, and she has a choice about whether or not she is going to continue or not, and she totally decides to continue. She kind of sighs, thinks about it, and is like, "I'm going to do the right thing, and I'm going to continue because I have made these series of choices that has brought me to this." path i need to see it all the way through mm-hmm. i also think um of course william uh host william has a choice um on, on you know on uh going up against uh charlotte's uh, <laughs> uh plant like a world you know um I, uh, I he think was that's so wishy-washy, well. such a wishy-washy character. It's like, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, and it's just like, oh, I was going to say, go he ahead. just kind of leans into that nihilism, you know, like the, the, the old Alfred line from the, the other from the Nolan Batman films is some men just want to see the world burn. Yeah. And he yeah. just kind of yeah. leans into that. Which I never yeah. really thought that William was that guy. Like, I didn't think that that was his ultimate goal. But then again, uh, you know, this is a skewed version of it, obviously. And uh, and the real William wants to direct him to do that, because at this point, 
you know, what's it to him? He doesn't care, right? Like that, he might as well. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, the genius that is Ed Harris, whenever you get an actor playing against themselves, you know, sometimes you can't tell who's who, but man, Ed Harris, once again, for a show that he outwardly said he doesn't get, he doesn't understand, he kind of just does it for the pay. I mean, this guy still brings it 120%. Like, it's just uh, amazing. I can't imagine anybody else in that in that role. And I can't imagine a season without him. No, no, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't work without him. Um, and because you have to have... And you see that at the end of season three, where you see the host William coming out um, with uh, Delati, because we're, we're not doing the other Delati. <laughs> oh, but, come uh, on. <laughs> so you see that, uh, and you see the this like like this is like the evil duo of evilness, uh, essentially. But you can always tell, especially once you know that both Williams are still around, you know, there's really subtle tales, but you can tell which one's the host and which one's not, not and just like with the pitches of their voices and, and the facial expressions. It's a fantastic job on his part, but then like going into the choice, this entire series is about choice. This entire series functions around the ideal of, if you could do anything in the world with absolutely zero consequences, what would you do? And then, you know, there are obviously never zero consequences. So we all have to deal with the mess we make, but it's founded on that. And so it's pretty powerful commentary about like just human nature. And I mean, the power of storytelling and it's just, there's all this like, fascinating stuff that you can that you that you can look into it and all this jazz but yeah no ed harris is just one of the greatest villains like his negative arc <laughs> his his negative growth arc rivals that of londo malari like <laughs> i mean that's the last time i saw a negative growth arc that was this good <laughs> yeah i and, agree with that yeah and i mean and westworld's right up there with babylon 5 as for like shows that i will I, I will you know die on the hill of everyone should ever watch these because they're just that good they're just that groundbreaking yeah um all right so gonna have to man so much time so much material but as we've talked about um and alluded to especially what's what's going on with uh warner brothers right now and discovery and and a lot of things on the chopping block i mean hbo seems to still have a lot of control over their programming in and of themselves not the max part of it maybe but but anyway um we all know that uh uh nolan and joy are off uh doing they have other commitments they're going to be doing some other uh programming for other streaming services so we don't know exactly how much time and attention they could give to westworld if it was to continue we don't know if westworld will continue we haven't heard at and at this point so so um md i'm going to ask you should it continue <laughs> well, you know, I honestly, if it did continue, even if it was without Nolan and Joy, I mean, even if they just sort of said, we're just going to do more adventures with the robots, I don't know. I mean, it, it can't be any worse than the 1970s TV series 
you know, after Future World, they, they did a little very short live. It was yes. CBS or whatever. It was like, yep. it was ter- I watched it, of course, because I was a kid. And I was going to say, we don't gonna talk do, about the terrible. evil. We don't talk about the evil. The evil does not exist. But it can't be that bad. So, you know, whatever they do, I'll probably just, you know, okay, I'm on board, you know. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I, I, I don't know. I, I actually I've never watched it, so I can't say one way or another how bad or good it is. But the fact that I don't think Nolan enjoy I think they've gone through four seasons without referencing it once. <laughs> I, I wonder if that means that that speaks to how good or bad it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, it is an interesting concept to see if it would if you know, does it continue without uh, joy? You know, is that something we want to see? Like we said before. All the characters seem to be dead, at least the ones that we know from the that we were introduced to in season one. Um, but then again, you know, it's the reset button is there. So um, should should we see them? I mean, it, it, it's open. Like it's sort of one of those like season finales where like Dynasty, where they just like open fire on the whole cast, and then whoever you know, we have to wait till next season to see who signed the contract to come back and who they can afford. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Lee, what about you? What, uh, what do you feel? Uh, should, should Westworld come back? I, I think it should. Um, I don't necessarily think that it has to be like, you know, like eight or 10 episodes. I think they could kind of cap it with like, maybe like, like four episodes or do like a longer sort of film just to kind of, uh, finish off, the the whole well to show us what happens next i want to know what happens next damn it you know, what is just, going to be just, the result just the start test. just start with episode you know season one episode one that's what happens next. right you can go right. on an endless loop on an endless loop uh bethany how do you how do you feel I know you're torn right i i am torn i have a lot of conflicting feelings on this because on the one hand I I would dearly love. Yeah, again, I want to see more. I am never, ever content when I get to the end of the book. Give me more. You know, give me appendices. Give me sequels. Give, just tell me all of the things forever. Um, but I'm also a natural wor- world builder, and so that's kind of my thing. So just give me all the details forever and ever. Amen. But I, I kind of like where they ended it. Uh, and I, I, I kind of... After having watched the finale three times and trying to bend my brain around it, I, I, I like how they did that. And I almost, you know, and to bring it back to my B5 example, I almost am afraid that if they do do a season five, it will fall prey to some of the issues that B5 yeah. season five I've had yeah. when they thought that they weren't renewed and, uh, tied everything up at the end of season four and then got renewed. And then, and then, and then, and then they're like, oh, well, now what do we do? Yeah, yeah, I get so, that. I get that for sure. But uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, but no, I mean, give us give us a glimpse into life in the sublime. Give us a glimpse of what Charlie's doing. Are they still alive? Are the outliers still there? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's going on? Like, do the outliers ever find the sublime? Like, because, I mean, yes, everyone we know and love is dead, but there are also backup copies of them in the sublime. So they're like, yeah, that, Schrodinger, I'm, I'm kind of, it's Schrodinger. I'm, they are I'm, both I'm really, alive and dead at the same time. Yeah, I'm kind of still murky on that because I thought the sublime was just for all of those ones that went in there. In fact, 
when Dolores or whoever it was said that, uh, you know, at the in the last episode that Teddy was in the live, I'm like, uh, oh, I didn't remember I don't that. Think so no, I, I don't think I don't think he made it to the sublime because uh, Dolores just straight out murdered him. Like I I didn't I didn't think he made it there, but I, I guess there's a workaround. Well, you got to think back it's up. Teddy just, is in the sublime. It, it's not just the people who are actually able to physically get in there, but she sent like all of the like the backup copies as well. So, and yeah, you know, they've got to have that code backed up, you know. Yeah, to- that's that's kind of like, I, yeah. And I think Bern- I, earlier too, I think Bernard says something about like when he tells Maeve, like we're just copies. The real, yeah. the real <laughs> us are, is in the sublime, right? Yeah. yeah so, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mike, what do you feel? What do you, should it continue? I would be happy if they ended it where they did because I don't want it to become a parody of itself. And I want to see, you know, this was almost like the perfect ending for the series from where it began and where it ended. And, you know, I don't think really, you know, what are they going to do? One last game. You know, what is the game? And is it going to be the Old West again? Or is it all the lands or whatever in Dolores' mind to come out of it? And I think it's just literally, I think this is, this is a great way because it leaves you wanting, you know, like what is going to happen and everything. And that's a sign of a good story. You know, let's use in your imagination what's going to come next and everything. And I'm good with that. And if there is a season five, we'll be there, of course. But, you know, that's a no brainer. But, I would be fine if they came out and said, "Hey, because of budget cuts with, you know, it, you know, with Warner Discovery, you know, that's, you know, that's it. We've decided that, you know, we're going to end the series for now. We might revisit it later or something, but I don't think they need to. I really don't. And, it, you know, I I felt, you know, the scene with Charlotte, you know, literally opening her face out yanking the, her own ball out and crushing it was a, f- a fitting final it was mm-hmm. it was it was really well done yeah yeah that was really uh iconic the way that that was visually depicted yeah. i think yeah and then and then yeah no if we get anything else after this i i kind of wanted it to be like charlie's grandkids or something finding like the entry to the sublime or something. Get, don't 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 give me like what happens right next afterwards. Give give me substance that's like a bit out and then like work your way back. Like, yeah. What what's this what's this pearl on the floor? Um uh <laughs> so what well, happened I, was <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um I uh I love this series a lot. I like the ending. This season was was so solid. Um, the, in my opinion, it was uh, probably the best season as a whole since the first season. And that's not meaning to to crap on any of the previous seasons because they. Uh, I thought two and three had a lot of great moments as well. I will. Uh, I like. I hold this show up really, really high in my all time favorites. As I said, the rewatch factor on this is incredible uh so i can't wait to dive back in i will say if nolan and joy are not 
uh, interested in doing any more, then I don't know how interested I'm going to be in any follow up. But um, uh, I'm definitely they they both. Uh, I am fans of both of them for life, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Um, and I love the cast. So any any excuse to get this crew and this cast back together, I'm going to be there. But it's not necessary. I don't think it's absolutely necessary. I think this is a nice uh, way to, to sort of wrap it up and, and, and move on. Uh, but you never know. You never know. Um, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, it's a, speaking of good times to end, good time to end things. Uh, I think the discussion is going to be tabled for now anyway. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we will close out the show. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about Thor, Love, and Thunder. I've had some time to process Thor, Love, and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, and there were some good and some bads in this movie. However, I very much enjoyed it. Thor, to me, has been a sad character. He is that friend that has had a lot of bad crap happen to them and tries so hard to be cheery and positive as a person, but inside, they're really sad. I feel like this was well done in this movie for him. Thor's sadness of what has happened to his home, his family, and just everything around him and how he is trying to go from all of that to living seems kind of real to me. Well, as real as it can be for a superhero god. The take on depression and how people try to deal with it works in this film, I think, but I mean, it just makes you really sad for him all around, but he's been through some crap. I also really liked how the film handled Jane Foster. Going in, I wasn't sure what we were going to get with her and her cancer reveal, and I feel like it was handled respectfully and kind of beautifully, because I adore Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor. And I really feel like they did a good job of separating the humor from the scenes with her when they talked about cancer. I'm really interested to see if we ever will see her again, since in the comics she later becomes a Valkyrie, but I feel like this was her out for the films because Natalie Portman didn't want to do any more Thor films. Also the goats. I adored the goats. Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder, they were so darn cute, and I wanted to hug them every time they were on the screen. I need plushies of them. Like, come on, Marvel, give me some cute plushies of these these screaming goats. I am so happy that they were done the way they were, and I feel like they made everybody happy when the characters were interacting with them, because I loved them. I thought Christian Bale was incredibly creepy as Gore. There were a few scenes with him that kind of took me out of the character, but for the most part, he was super creepy. And holy cow... Hercules, Hercules, in that ending credit clip. I cannot wait to see Brett Goldston in the Marvel Universe. I love him in Ted Lasso. He is so fantastic, and I cannot wait to see his portrayal of Hercules. Also, man got ripped for that scene. Like, holy cow. The parts I feel we could have gotten more of, like, I really love Valkyrie and Mighty Thor's interactions, and I really wish we did see more of them in general together. Because 
Valkyrie's character has come so far in these films since we first saw her. And overall, I really feel like her character has grown the most out of a lot of who we see in the Thor movies. Thor Love and Thunder was definitely a lot of fun. I would definitely watch it again. It's probably my third favorite Thor movie, I want to say. But I'll go into that in another time. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Comic-Cons are back. Fans are ready. Hear all about it on The Con Guy Show, where we keep you up to date on all the events, the movies, the people, and the conventions that drive your passions and feed your fandom. Straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California, we are proud members of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Air Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Let's thank our guests first. Of course, Bethany, thank you so, so much. Oh, it is always a pleasure to talk Westworld with you guys, to talk about anything with you guys, really, but especially Westworld. Oh, thank you. And it's it's always great. And we're going to see you in two weeks. It's pretty amazing. Oh, God, I know. I am so not ready. I am so not ready. <laughs> So it's going to be very interesting to see anything you want to shout out about or promote. Uh, watch this space. Uh, there will be um, a podcast that I am working on recording at the moment called uh, hilariously decoding Delos, where we essentially we murder board the entire series from episode one, season one, and just go into all the different references and, all the different rabbit holes and uh, just go from there. That's Thank pretty you awesome. for giving me an excuse to rewatch it. Like I needed it anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. And of course, let's thank MD Jackson. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a great pleasure to be here. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, yes, actually, I, I did. I said at the top, Dark World's Quarterly uh, is uh, the website that I administer, and uh, there's there's always content there. And uh, my comedy podcast, Balloon Juice, uh, is available uh, on um, uh, Spotify. <laughs> you can find us on Spotify. Just look up Balloon Juice. Hmm. That's awesome. That is awesome. And last but definitely not least, of course, let's always thank, of course. Lee, thank you, sir. Or should we just call you Dr. Law? <laughs> well, either one is fine. But thank you for having me back. Always good to talk with you all and looking forward to seeing you all at Dragon Con. Oh, it's going to be a blast. It is really going to be a blast to see everyone there. Anything you want to shout out about yeah. otherwise? Uh, shout out to um, my podcast mates on the Stuff We Like, Stuff We Hate podcast, where we just kind of rant and rave about just random topics, but it's hilarious. You can find it anywhere uh, <laughs> where you can find podcasts. Stuff We Like, Stuff We Hate. And it's literally that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's the great thing about doing a podcast, because 
we could talk about the, all the crap we want and it doesn't matter because, you know, if we have five listeners, if you have a thousand listeners, it really doesn't matter because, you know what, as long as you're having fun at it and it's about, you know, stuff that turns you on. So it's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Thank you, sir. Also wanted to give a shout out real quick to the folks who joined us earlier. Of course, Chip Johnson and Matthew Malice. Thank you for joining us earlier when we talked all about the boys season three. It was a ton of fun. Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure, man. These double episodes, though, these double features are getting that's some heavy lifting, man. Well, I guarantee you next week, it's only going to be one topic. So it's it's a big one. one. So definitely anything you want to shout out about, sir? Uh, As we, you know, I like when I watch Westworld, um, it's almost a a given that uh, I'm going to follow along or or also uh, have that companion podcast, Decoding Westworld with uh, David and Sid do a tremendous job with that. They've now... Uh, decided that they are going to cover more than just Westworld. I think maybe they can see the writing on the wall too, that maybe the show's coming to an end, but uh, they've now have uh, renamed their podcast decoding TV and uh, they will be tackling other shows, including starting this week, she Hulk. So I look forward to listening to David and Sid talk all about she Hulk, as well as other shows as well. They do a great job. That's right. She-Hulk is coming out the same day this is being released to the real world. So another Marvel show for us to watch. At least that's weekly. We don't have to like binge watch it all at once or anything. <laughs> Looking forward to it, though. And, folks, that is a good podcast. Um, definitely Decoding Westworld was a ton of fun and gave us a lot of information that I might have, I've missed in everything. So, you know, even everything from, you know, enter Sandman playing on the player piano and everything, which was pretty damn awesome. So, and, you know, throughout the seasons, they, you know, there were songs on, it's like, that's familiar. And they talked about that each week and everything. They went into everything and, you know, but I am glad Joanne is no longer with them. So, um, you know, I haven't listened to Joanna's uh, podcast yet, but uh, I don't hate Joanna like you do. But uh, I, uh, I think Sid's a great addition. So Sid was awesome. Sid was totally awesome. Uh, mine is a little personal shout out for myself or for the ESO Network. Actually, uh, ESO Network will be having ribbons at Dragon Con this year. Mm-hmm. You know, ribbons are the big thing they. First time I ever saw him was over at Gallifrey One. And so we are going to have ESO ribbons. So find members of the ESO network. We'll be stocking up with, you know, at least a couple of them each and everything because we're going to have four different ribbons. We have an Earth Station One. We have an Earth Station Who. We have a Dragon Con report and an ESO network one because, you know, it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, we will probably start talking about our schedules in the next week or two. Um, well, better in the next week or two because the con will be here before that. So yeah, definitely we're going to be talking, have our, our schedules are coming slowly together. I'm going to be doing a crap load of panels this year and it's just going to be a lot of fun to see everybody and be back as I like to call it with my geek family. It's going to be a ton of fun. So definitely try to find us and we'll give you a ribbon. All you have to do is say howdy or just give me a ribbon, Faber, or else, you know, that's, you know, we'll do it either way. 
Um, Select them all. They're like Pokemon. Exactly. Exactly. The person who has the most ribbons, of course, wins. I think last year I saw somebody had, they had a contest and two people actually had all their ribbons. They were on the second floor of the Hilton and they draped them over and they went down to the first floor. It was just amazing. They touched the floor. Yeah. They touched they, the ground floor. They it, was the, it was amazing. Terrifying. Yeah. It's like, uh, you thought Tom Baker's scarf was long. This was even more. So it's, it's pretty awesome. So definitely check it out, folks. Join us again next week. As we like to say, we are going to be back. And we only have one topic next week for the whole episode, folks. We are going to be looking at the life of Saul Goodman. That's right, folks. Jimmy McGill himself. Saul Goodman, we're going to be looking at Better Call Saul. And it is, we're not just talking about one season, we're talking about the whole series. So this is going to be a fun one. So, you know what? Pull up your legal briefs and, you know, see what kind of, you know, trouble we can get into with, uh, you know, with Saul and Jimmy and, of course, Kim and Mike and all the rest. It's going to be a ton of fun. Don't forget Lala. Oh, we definitely can't talk about, forget about that. Or you can also forget about, of course, you know, Nacho and many, many other characters. And so it's going to be fun. Um, definitely join us. Of course, we would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstation1.com. And also, you know, if you get a chance, please, you know, sign up for our ESO Network Patreon. We would love it and really appreciate it because that's how we bring you really cool stuff. And for as little as a dollar a month, you could help support the ESO Network. And you get exclusive material and stuff that makes even the, the ESO ribbons look like nothing. That's how good it is to join the ESO Patreon. So definitely check it out. All right, folks, we're out of here. Thanks for listening to the Air Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can also find Air Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now TuneIn Radio, Podbean, and also, of course, Pandora. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, we want to thank everyone who joined us tonight. Of course, Bethany and Michael and, of course, Lee and also Chip and Matthew. That's a mouthful. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. We love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Tell all your friends and neighbors. And we'll see you here next time on Earth Station One. Peace. And we are done. Boom. Yay. Like romper room. I know I should have a little thing up. And I see Jimmy and I see Karen and I see David. And Bethany's too young for that. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.